Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnerships. Caroline, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. And Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. Kathy, thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. So we're here to talk about cybersecurity. We're here to talk about workforce. We're here to talk about training. There's so much going on. But I'm going to start at the maybe the very beginning. Instead of uh, we'll get to the partnership between NSA and UMBC. But before I do that, let me open up to Kathy a little bit. We hear all the time about the cybersecurity workforce, the need for the public and private sectors to hire, bring in, train more cybersecurity workers. We know the problem is huge, but maybe give me a sense from the NSA perspective. How do you see the, this problem and, and what can be done about it from a, from a broad perspective as, as you look at academic engagement? And you've touched on something that's really important to us as far as the future is concerned. Everybody's reading the articles lately about how we're going to have a gap with regard to the huge number of jobs available, but not the skilled workforce that either industry or government or academia is going to have to be able to fill those jobs. We're really focused on what we can do in the future. So we've laid down some really cool plans around hiring and recruitment. Specifically, NSA has really robust student programs. We're bringing in students in the summertime. We're bringing in students as co-ops all through the uh, school year to experience internships here at the NSA in a variety of different fields. They could be coming in as a language intern, cybersecurity intern. They could be joining us possibly as a power engineer intern. But we're bringing in lots of students, giving them a taste of the agency. We're getting them clearance so they can understand the really important work that we're doing to protect and defend this great country of ours. Kathy, you make a really great point in this fact that you guys are bringing students in to let them understand what NSA does, because so much about what NSA does is, is very interesting, very fascinating, but until you're exposed to it, you don't really know. So you, you hear time and again, why would I want to work for the government when I have no clue what they do, and the government has to market themselves better? I imagine you guys are finding that that's, that's a great front door for you guys as the internships, the co-ops, to really give people that, that understanding of what NSA really does, not just the quote-unquote spy agency, right? Exactly right. Jason, it has turned out to be what I would call the secret sauce for our hiring and recruitment program. What we find is about 85% of those individuals we're bringing here in our student programs are converting to full-time employees. And that is a phenomenal success. And also we have the student programs, but we are coordinating extensively with academia across the country on a number of research problems and challenges. And we're having great success that way, too, of introducing professors and students into the world of NSA on an unclassified side, giving them a glimpse of what we are working against, and they're getting excited about our mission that way as well. And that also turns into hiring and recruitment opportunities. Let me turn to Caroline Baker from UMBC. One of the things that UMBC has been known for is your engineering, your computer science program. Having grown up in Baltimore, I know the UMBC campus. I know the, the organization well. So maybe, Caroline, talk a little bit about what you're seeing as it relates to the need to hire, to, to retain, to retrain more cybersecurity workers and more broadly the, 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 those in the STEM field. First of all, I want to just recognize the amazing work that the agency has done in recruiting and advocating uh, for 
um, the education of our future of their future workforce. They do an amazing job of connecting with being on campus and really to an amazing extent demystifying the work that they do and the work that students will do and giving them an opportunity to really get excited about the mission. Um, Everything from competitions that students can participate in as undergraduates to puzzles and math tests. They bring um, tests to campus when they come and students can do varying degrees of difficulty in these little tests and get prizes. So as you can imagine, that's a very exciting draw for students. But I want to say we've been partners with the National Security Agency for decades, and we have a very, very close relationship. UMBC is um, well-known for the quality of its technical degree programs. We have amazing arts and social sciences programs as well. But clearly, computer science and math are some of the key majors that the agency is looking for some of the key skills as well as languages. And we have been working in close partnership with the agency to talk about how are we broadening the pipeline of students who are completing their degrees in these majors. So how are we including more women in these majors and how are we including more underrepresented groups in completing computer science and math degrees. The agency has been a partner in that work. UMBC is also deeply committed to increasing the number of students coming out of our high schools who are prepared and interested in those degree programs. So we have both a significant amount of middle school and high school outreach coding camps, as well as through our training centers, um, a new initiative that's an apprenticeship program in cybersecurity that is working to also add to the workforce pool of students who are not necessarily traditional college students. So we are really tackling this effort on multiple fronts. UMBC uh, is a state institution. We are supported by taxpayer dollars. We take our economic development mission very seriously. So we not not only want to support our students finding great jobs, but we also want to support our region and make sure that we are doing everything we can to provide the workforce that is needed here. So the agency has been a great partner in this work, and we look forward to obviously continuing that partnership for many years. And this is Kathy. If I could just add or maybe footstomp a few things that Caroline just stated. What our partnership has meant to NSA and the success of our mission really cannot be overstated. The partnership with UMBC over the last 20 years has resulted in over 1,100 of their students joining NSA and still working here. And of those 1,100, we have 15 UMBC graduates who've contributed to patent applications filed by NSA. Also, NSA and UMBC have put together an amazing research institution that's uh, established on campus, and together we're collaborating research areas that include malware analysis, data analytics, and computer architecture. So for all those reasons, that is why UMBC is NSA's inaugural featured school. So we just started a featured school series that will go uh, three times a year where we're going to celebrate, educate, and inform about the amazing work NSA is doing with academia across this country. So fabulous new program. You can check it out on NSA.gov to include the profiles of NSA alumni and some of the great things that they have done as part of their career here at the agency. And we will definitely link to that featured school program on federalnewsradio.com as well to make it easier for people to find 
Kathy, maybe talk a little bit about this partnership. How did it get started? I, I'm not sure if you were there from the beginning, but maybe give me a little historical context. And then I would definitely want to talk about those 1,100 students, those 15 UMBC graduates who have part of a patents for NSA. So give me a little bit of historical context first. So what NSA was looking at is back, I want to say a couple decades ago, realizing that we would need outside expertise contributing to this great mission of ours. And some of that outside expertise is going to uh, have to be derived from research done at universities on an unclassified side. Given UMBC's close proximity to Fort Meade, the tremendous leadership of Dr. Freeman Rabowski, who truly was building UMBC as a premier STEM school, all the pieces just fell into place. They had the right uh, leadership at the school. They had the passion for our mission. They had fabulous talent in their faculty, and they also had a body of students that were diverse and very uh, focused on contributing in the science, technology, engineering, and math arena. So it was almost a marriage made in heaven. They loved our tough challenges. The professors really uh, dug in, and they used some of our unclassified problems in order to formulate curriculum and courses. And at the end of the day, they were dedicated to producing a pipeline of students that would be really well-matched for the work here at NSA. And from that, it, it just has grown, as I mentioned earlier, into really a model relationship. Carolyn, talk a little bit about the relationship from your end, the historical context. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of benefits. Uh, Kathy went through a few of them just in terms of just the number of hires coming to NSA from UMBC. But you, on your side, you also see a, a lot of benefits as well. Our faculty have been engaged um, with the agency, um, have done sabbaticals to do research at the agency, and it's a very close relationship. We actually hosted an alumni event with uh, Kathy's support uh, for some of our alums at the, at the NSA about a year and a half ago. And what was great about that was in my research, I discovered that really our campus, which is uh, 52 years old, um, and the current sort of modern iteration of Fort Meade um, really were founded in the 60s at the same time. And so uh, we kind of joked that we, our two organizations grew up together. And there has just been, in addition to geographic proximity, um, a shared, va shared values. Our institution also has a student population. Uh, many of them have parents who are in government service. Government service is considered, you know, an honorable and valuable pathway. And so we are, we're just, we have a good, strong alignment of that core values as well as a focus on some of the the technical skills that they need. The other thing that Kathy mentioned is diversity. I think the agency's focus on supporting diversity in their own ranks is impressive and 100% um, necessary um, to fill the, the workforce needs that we have. One of the things, just an interesting uh, fact to throw out there, you know, when we talk about computer science alone, we know nationally we have are not graduating enough computer science majors to meet the need in the in the current uh, job market, and I personally believe, as do many of my colleagues here, that one of the biggest 
challenges that we need to, one of the biggest things we need to do to fix that challenge is to get more women into computer science. Um, and there are many, many of my colleagues here, particularly in the College of Engineering and Information Technology, who are working on this challenge. And just as an example, 57% of all undergraduate degrees were awarded to women last year, but only 18% of computer science and information systems degrees were awarded to women. So there's a huge shortfall um, in the number of women receiving computer science degrees. And it's something that we work on. It's something that the NSA cares about. And when they send people to campus, they are doing an amazing job of um, encouraging and recruiting students for these technical programs. Um, and their high school internship programs are also excellent ways for students to get interested in these more technical degrees. And Carolyn, let me just put a finer point on this. When you talk about the 57% of all undergrad and 18% of comp side information systems, that's just at UMBC. That's not across the country. That's national. That's national data from the National Center for Women in Technology. Excellent. I just want to be clear about that. We have to take a break. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnership, and Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. I'm Jason Miller. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Dell EMC and Kerasoft Technology partner to provide a trusted foundation for agencies to transform IT, serve constituents, and meet goals. Together, their partnership allows easy acquisition of industry-leading converged infrastructure, server, storage, and data protection technologies. Dell EMC offers the industry the broadest, most innovative infrastructure portfolio, and Kerasoft's dedicated teams and reseller partners can help you find the best technology for your mission. For more information, visit kerasoft.com Dell. Do you see challenges as opportunities? BAE Systems employees are making a difference every day. From Intel analysts helping to stop cybercrime, to developers using artificial intelligence and machine learning to inform critical decisions, to cloud architects helping increase government collaboration, BAE Systems employees are turning challenges into opportunities. Make your next job count. Choose a position with purpose. Apply now at jobs.baesystems.com slash intel. That's jobs.baesystems.com slash Intel. Only one conference gives you access to not just the policy issues facing our nation, but hands-on experience with disruptive security that takes analytics and automation to the complex and rapidly evolving cyber threats we face as a nation. Prevent successful attacks. Focus on what matters. Don't miss the Palo Alto Network's Federal Ignite Conference, October 22nd and 23rd at the Grand Hyatt. Register today for complimentary admission at ignite.paloaltonetworks.com slash federal. Here's John Moses, Director, Governance and Enterprise Management Services Division, Nuclear Regulatory Commission on the A Roadmap for Enabling IT Modernization discussion, sponsored by CenturyLink. We've piloted some technologies for digitization. Digitization has been out there for decades. However, some of the tools we've piloted and we're looking to further are using artificial intelligence and computer visioning to accelerate and improve the quality of that. To listen to the whole program, log on to federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword IT Roadmap. Here's Dave Young, Senior Vice President, Strategic Government with CenturyLink. Today, federal agencies are busy modernizing their IT systems. They are building tomorrow's digital government, and they're using technology that will make a real difference in people's lives. CenturyLink is helping them migrate to the cloud, build modern networks, and fortify their security. When you think IT modernization, think CenturyLink. Visit CenturyLink.com slash federal to learn more about building your digital government today. 
Tom Temin here, coming up on Friday's Federal Drive. The Defense Department is a bit flat-footed when it comes to cybersecurity for its networked weapons systems. Plus, a career financial person with a passion for the outdoors ecosystem is inducted into the National Academy of Public Administration. We'll talk with the Fish and Wildlife Service's CFO, Janine Velasco. Join me Friday morning starting at 6 for the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federalnewsnetwork.com and 1500 AM. This is Scott Massioni. Follow me for the latest news critical to the defense community on Twitter at WFED. That's S-M-A-U-C-I-O-N-E-W-F-E-D. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jason Miller. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnerships, and Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. Let me bring Kathy back into the discussion a little bit, and let's talk about that that pipeline of talent. You talked about 1,100 graduates from UMBC. That That's a huge lift for NSA. And now, I know from uh, talking with some of uh, uh, the senior officials at NSA, one of the great things about NSA is you guys have a retention rate of something like 94 95% of all employees stay for quite a long period of time. So talk a little bit about that pipeline and how that's really helped fill the needs you have around cybersecurity and many other areas uh, within NSA. Yeah, UMBC has been a tremendous partner with us trying to fill the pipeline of the amazing talent that we need going forward and, and ensuring that our pipeline is diverse. UMBC, as I mentioned earlier, is an institution with fabulous diversity, and which is so uh, supported by their leadership uh, and encouraged. They, they look for diversity um, among their student population, which is fabulous for us because we believe diversity – and thought and experiences, all of that is going to be critical to us achieving amazing success in the future. But looking at our pipeline and the number of jobs that we'll have to fill, so next year, our fiscal year, FY19, we're looking at a hiring program that's probably going to be greater than 2,300. And the majority of those jobs will be STEM cyber jobs. Also, we'll be including a language, language analysts, and we'll need people in the support arena as well to include power engineers and business and finance majors. So we are going to need a tremendous amount of talent in the future in order to drive this important mission of ours and be successful. And we're, we're working in all different domains to ensure that we can get the message out about the agency that NSA is a phenomenal place to work. Not only do we have a great mission, we have tremendous benefits that are afforded us and incredible opportunities to enhance your bona fides, get additional degrees, really learn tradecraft that you can only learn at the National Security Agency. So some of the things that we're doing, we've got incredible marketing, as you can imagine. We have a phenomenal website, intelligencecareers.com, that has important information about the jobs that we're looking for. And also, it has a really neat tool that you can go on and put it, plug in your knowledge, skills, and abilities, and the tool will guide you into what jobs you might be closely matched for that could utilize your skills where you might be successful. We also are putting visiting professors on campus. You know, this business of recruiting the best talent in the country is very high touch. So we have visiting professors that are now on campus. They are teaching and lecturing in the classroom. We have over 250 academic liaisons 
that are covering the country, touching schools all across this nation of ours, letting folks know about NSA and what we need here and how important we are to the country. We, as I mentioned earlier, we have incredible student programs. We have amazing videos out on YouTube. And we're also looking in the future to possibly standing up a podcast that will be focused on NSA, our job opportunities, and what we're looking for in the future. So just we're using a multimedia approach, very high-touch approach to educate and inform applicants who might be interested in working at NSA. And this is Caroline. I just wanted to jump in and really uh, reiterate what Kathy just said about recruiting you know, tomorrow's workforce being a high-touch activity. The agency has done just an amazing job. We really do hold them up as a standard, and I am not providing false praise here. They have spent a tremendous amount of time on campus with students. We know that their, their application process is rigorous. We know that their selection standards are very high, and they are aware that to get the best talent, they need to provide a personal face for students to and a person for them to talk to and to ask questions. And I just can't uh, praise them highly enough for the amount of time that they have spent on our campus and on other campuses really doing an amazing job of connecting with this uh, current generation of college students and giving them the, the passion and inspiration to to serve the country. Kathy, can you offer maybe some insights in terms of what the partnership actually means? You you talked to a bunch of different things, being on campus. You talked about professors going on campus and and being either lecturers or guest lecturers. You talk about doing some recruiting activities. And then you talked about the on-site at NSA, I guess, research, uh, applied research lab as well. Does, Does that encompass all the pieces and parts of this partnership? Is there more to it? Give me a sense because... It's not just a, hey, we have this relationship that lets us hire people. It's, it's, it's much broader than that, I imagine. It is much broader than that, and it, it's a co- wonderful coexistence. NSA is contributing to the curriculum and the activities on campus so that the UMBC students have a much uh, a great, robust experience. But also UMBC is coming here to the agency to keep us focused on what, what do they see evolving from, it, from an academic perspective? Where is the science of cybersecurity evolving? They are working with us on developing tools and techniques and moving the whole infrastructure forward. It really is a team partnership here that's moving everybody forward. It's moving forward as far as tools and talent, what is the latest thing that's evolving in the research arena on the horizon, and a free, robust exchange of information back and forth. It's contributing to the students and their experiences, how they're learning uh, and how they're growing, but it's also contributing back here to the NSA mission as far as giving us talent that we need in order to execute our daily business, but also keeping us informed as far as where is education moving? What are they thinking about for the future? Where do we see things evolving on the front as far as artificial intelligence and machine learning? What are the breakthroughs that are occurring and those realms that all of us together need to apply to stay ahead of everything that's being created and invented? 
Kathy, it seems like this can be done by any agency, you know, any of the civilian agencies, any of the other intelligence or DOD agencies could could have similar partnerships. So I guess the question that if I'm if I'm a government CIO, if I'm a government CISO listening to this or someone in the HR world listening to this going, okay, what, is there a cost? Is this, is this just an MOU? Do we just kind of come to an agreement of, of UMBC will, will provide these things, NSA will provide these things, and then we can move forward? What's the underlying, I guess, you know, paperwork, if you will? In the government system, there is paperwork and ways to lay down these agreements. Let me just mention a few of them. On the research side, you would use a cooperative research and development agreement, which is called a CRADA. And a CRADA agreement allows a free exchange of information between an academic institution or industry with with an agency. So NSA has 16 to 17 CRADAs established with various academic institutions and a few with private industry already in place. No money exchanges hands, but that's the exchange. It allows the exchange of knowledge transfer. Also, an educational partnership agreement, or we would call it an EPA, can go in place with an academic institution, with a state, with some kind of a local entity in order to allow NSAers or government employees to come in and provide speeches or presentations or partner on some kind of educational opportunity. So the government definitely has different agreements and processes and structures in place that really afford agencies to move out on these type of important relationships. I'd love to jump in there, if possible. This is Caroline again, and I just wanted to mention too, in addition to the formal arrangements, having alumni and other members of the agency visit campus and be given the time uh, to mentor students, to coach student organizations. We have cyber defense team. Um, one of our good friends uh, at the agency is one of the is one of the coaches for the team. Those are things that I, I think are in part done on personal time because of a passion and an interest in students, but I think also the agency has been very supportive of their staff visiting campus, working with students in a variety of different ways. And so that kind of support from their employer is, I think, really critical to creating this really high level of engagement that we have with everything from a very formal deans and department chairs who have deep connections, but also all the way down to our student organizations having direct contact with uh, members of the agency. Caroline, those are excellent comments, and if I could just add a few important things. NSA believes that we've got to be starting all the way in elementary school, working with students at kindergarten all the way through graduate school, introducing them to the science of security, to STEM, to cybersecurity, how to do things safely in the cyber environment. Also, is something really important that we need to stress and teach our students and our children. NSA has invested heavily, as Caroline said, in experiences for the students as well. One thing that UMBC and other academic institutions have participated in is the NSA Code Breaker Challenge. It's a multi-tier problem that we host and post. 
every September, and it usually runs till the end of December, and we have a leaderboard so we can gauge the competition among the colleges and universities. It's a complex challenge geared towards educating as well as helping us find solutions to some of our tough problems. So I mentioned earlier, it really is a multidisciplinary approach to introducing and informing students about cyber, cybersecurity, what are the career opportunities, but also being safe in that environment as well. NSA, in conjunction with the National Science Foundation, hosts hundreds of gen cyber camps for teachers and for students all summer long. These camps are hosted by boys and girls clubs, by the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, by elementary, middle, and high schools, and colleges all across the country in order to really begin to introduce kids to what, what is this cyber domain and what is STEM and how important it is that boys and girls alike across all sectors of our society can really participate, be jazzed about the coolness of the science and contribute greatly to this country in careers in the future. So we have invested a significant amount of time, money, resources, and energy into all of those things. And finally, NSA hosts a very robust K-12 speakers program for all of our local schools, just talking about some of these subjects with regard to math and why, why students shouldn't be afraid to tackle math. It seems to be such a scary thing, and kids these days sometimes feel like, oh, I can't do that, or I don't even understand why we're studying that. So we have a Skittles exercise that we do, which makes it relevant to the kids in the classroom, and that's how you get them excited. That's how you initially get them hooked. And then by being part of their education over a long period of time, introducing the agency, personal touch, showing the face of NSA, that's how we get the talent. That's how we get people excited about what we're doing here at the National Security Agency at Fort Meade, Maryland. We have to take a break. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnerships, and Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. I'm Jason Miller. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. A career in intelligence can be challenging to break into. Here's Eric Kleinsmith, Associate Vice President, Strategic Relations for Intelligence at American Military University. Since 9-11, data mining and the visualization, that is gone. That's commonplace. In fact, if you're within a government organization and you cannot do that or you do not have that capability, you're behind the times. But since we were breaking ground there, and we called it bleeding-edge technology at the time, we were treading into areas that no one had tread before. Listen to the entire discussion at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword AMU. American Military University is a respected educator to national security professionals, a distinction earned by never forgetting their students are priority one. They keep tuition affordable, attract field-tested faculty, and provide curriculum that helps keep you ahead of industry trends. When you enroll at AMU, you join a community respected by area employers. Get started at amuonline.com. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. Cloud-native infrastructure development can deliver your agency IT speed, security, and operational efficiency. But none of that matters if your software partner can't make it work for you and for your existing investments. Hi, this is Paul Smith. It starts with open source software. At Red Hat, 
We're leading open source software beyond bare metal to virtualization, Linux containers, cloud, and beyond. Red Hat, your strategic vision, our proven technologies. Learn more at redhat.com. That's redhat.com. Here's Ben Stinson, Portfolio Manager, supporting establishment systems with MC Systems Commands at Modern Day Marine, sponsored by Dell, EMC, and Kerasoft. So we are implementing Agile. That also means that we're going to have to work differently with our vendors, uh, industry, because it's different products we want from them now. We don't want to give them what we think is the perfect requirement, let them go develop, and then come back a year or two later and see if what they developed worked. Industry, I think, would rather come and work with us to develop, test it along the way, and then we deliver little bits and increments of capability to the warfighter, so they're not waiting that year or two to have something in their hands. Listen to the entire discussion at federalnewsnetwork.com slash moderndaymarine. Dell, EMC, and Kerasoft are proud supporters of the Modern Day Marine Initiative. Trust Dell, EMC, Kerasoft, and their resellers with your technology acquisitions for IT and digital transformation. For more information, please visit Kerasoft.com. I'm Jared Serbu. Each week, our program on DOD features discussions with the military's top brass, with civilian executives, and defense thinkers on how the Pentagon operates. It's reliable information from the people making and executing policy. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, or subscribe to On DOD on iTunes or Podcast One. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jason Miller. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnerships, and Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. Kathy, can you also offer maybe a little bit when a graduate comes from UMBC, and I know there's no blanket, right? If they have a degree in cybersecurity or computer science or information systems management or even language, What's the expectation that NSA has of those graduates, uh, you know, beyond that they're, you know, good people and they're safe and, and they meet all your requirements from a, from a security clearance perspective? But what's the, what's the knowledge level, what's the capability level that they're bringing in to NSA? So I think what's important about UMBC is they are center of academic excellence in both research and cyber defense. And that means their curriculum and their degree programs have to meet a higher standard than what we would typically see out there in academia with regard to the subject areas of cybersecurity, cyber engineering, computer science. That tells us by having that CAE seal of distinction that their programs are producing students that have the solid core foundation relevant to contributing to our mission. So when they come in the door, we have a unique way of bringing people in on duty to NSA. We have an ecosystem that we introduce them to. So you're coming in with a solid foundation from a great degree program, but then we take you and your expertise, your knowledge, skills, and abilities, and we typically put you in an agency development program that's usually three years long, and that's where we hone your abilities. We teach you the trade craft. We teach you the mission. We teach you the application of all of the sciences and all that you learned in your college career 
how to apply that to the NSA mission of securing, protecting, and defending the country. This Center of uh, Academic Excellence, this is something that you guys, again, have a lot of partnerships with around the country, not just with UMBC, but several different academic institutions. Is UMBC any different than anybody else, or it's just this is a kind of a standard that you guys apply as academic institutions, colleges, universities asked or, or to be a part of this effort? I think it's important to understand that because uh, we've had a relationship with UMBC for decades at this point, they have often been able to glean some of the NSA's priorities around skill sets, around curriculum, about how we were going to drive our mission. And as a result of that, UMBC very early on saw the importance of obtaining the Center of Academic Excellence seal for their program. So they embraced it early on. We use them as a model program. They are CAE now, as I mentioned earlier, in research and cyber defense. And they understood quickly uh, what was going to be important to NSA, understanding that that CAE distinction was important to us, that that would tell us that the students and the caliber of individuals and talent coming from UMBC were going to meet this higher bar. That's kind of what, that was an initial core piece of our relationship that blossomed so beautifully as UMBC got it. They got it early on, they embraced it, and they turned themselves into a model, not just within the CAE world, but within their curriculums and the programs that they offer. There is, however, one CAE distinction that UMBC is working hard now to obtain. That's the latest one, CAE operations. We only have 17 schools in the country that have met that CAE standard for CAE operations. So I say you go get them, UMBC, and also I think we need to pose a challenge to other schools in the country that they need to look at the standard for CAE operations and be gearing their programs to achieve that high level of distinction. This is Caroline from UMBC. I just wanted to add to um, the conversation around um, technical skills that UMBC and I, I believe most major institutions in the country um, are really working on um, not just providing our graduates with deep technical skills in these in these technical majors, but we are also transforming how we teach and working on what I do not believe should ever be considered soft skills, but I'm sure listeners will identify with that with that phrase, teamwork, collaboration, communication. In the technical majors, you know, engineering programs historically or stereotypically, I would say, have involved people working on their own in many cases to achieve a, a technical level of, of excellence. We know that today's environment is fast-paced and is team-based, and we want our graduates to be prepared and have experience working in teams before they leave our campus and walk across their stage and get their diploma. Um, so we are working in many innovative uh, pathways in the classroom, many project-based classes across all of our disciplines, and really emphasizing team-based skills in, in every major. So one of the things I think we are doing well, which we will continue to work to do better, is really bringing our graduates um, some of those non-technical skills that they're going to need to be successful no matter where they go. But Caroline, I, I think you've made some, yet again, some really good points. I'm focusing on soft skills. That is one reason why, as 
uh, NSA hiring managers are reviewing student resumes and some of the experiences that they've collected over their college career, we are looking to see have they served in internships because we believe by those outside experiences, they will be able to get a sense of and some more experience around enhancing their soft skills abilities, particularly around teamwork and collaboration. We believe that the internships will really go a long way to help fulfill that requirement. Absolutely, Kathy, and I, I should have mentioned that in addition to really working on our curriculum to ensure that students are getting um, team-based experiences in the classroom, UMBC heavily emphasizes experience outside the classroom, whether it's a research experience, an internship experience. Our students are very, very interested in professional experiences during their academic curriculum during their academic uh, career, and we are working very hard. The UMBC Career Center has a fair coming up in uh, late September that is sold out. We're actually continuing to look for bigger space. I think we have 140 employers coming to campus, um, of which we reserve the best corner for our good friends at the National Security Agency, um, but uh, thousands and thousands of students will be there. Uh, it's actually also open to members of our community. Um, and uh, we really encourage our students, and our students are very eager to, to find these um, uh, professional experiences during their, during their academic career. We have to take a break. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnership, and Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. I'm Jason Miller. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network actionable intel on the most important topics. Download our free expert edition ebooks at Federal News Network. Search ebook. Everyone knows that even good people fall on hard times. Your credit cards get maxed out and you get behind on your taxes. Unfortunately, the IRS is not as understanding and they won't stop until they collect. They have the power to take your paycheck, freeze your bank accounts, even your home or business could be at risk. It's simply not worth it to take on the IRS by yourself. You need to call the experts at Optima Tax Relief. When you call, be sure to ask about the Fresh Start Initiative. It's a special IRS tax debt assistance program that could save you thousands, even tens of thousands. Optima will immediately provide you with a team of professionals who could protect you from the IRS, ensuring that you get the best possible outcome. The Better Business Bureau has awarded them an A-plus rating, and you will too. So put the hard times behind you and call Optima today for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. A federal career can last 30 years or more, and so can your federal retirement. Tune in to For Your Benefit every Monday morning to get the information you need to plan your retirement, maximize your federal benefits, and increase your financial savvy. For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA, offers valuable information on topics of interest to the federal employee. Join us each Monday at 10.05 a.m. on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For additional information, visit NITPINC.com. Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. The team. Navy football. The time is now. 
The 2018 Navy football season is underway, and you don't want to miss it. This season, Navy is looking to make their 14th bowl game in the last 15 years and reclaim the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. Come with friends or bring the family and be a part of the best game day experience in America. Tickets for all home games are on sale now at NavyGameDay.com. Please join Luke McCormack on Tuesday, October 23rd at noon for his monthly series, The Federal Executive Forum, proudly celebrating 13 years. This month's program will focus on identity and access management in government. The panel includes government leaders from the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Defense, and the FBI. Don't miss The Federal Executive Forum, Tuesday, October 23rd at noon, right here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, sponsored by KPMG and Technology Integration Group. Did you know the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, a.k.a. FIA, is preparing to help feds in the wake of Hurricane Michael? Just like it has done for over 9,000 families after every major natural disaster. You can help a displaced family or one with major home repairs by making your tax-deductible donation to feea.org give. And if you're a fed who needs help after the storm, visit feea.org disaster to apply for aid. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jason Miller. My guests are Caroline Baker, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnerships, and Kathy Hudson, the National Security Agency's Senior Strategist for Academic Engagement. Kathy, let me ask you about the program itself, because cybersecurity has changed so much over the last year, but look at the last 20 years you know, 20 years ago, remember what was our, you know, computer then was, you know, the, the 386. It was, you know, not quite a green screen, but it wasn't much better than that. And now here we are, we have mobility, we have iPhones, we have tablet computers. So how has the program changed over the, over, over the last 20 years? So I, I think I can address that on three different fronts. One is it's completely changed the landscape of how you hire and recruit. You, you've got to have a presence on all the media everywhere in order to be able to reach the applicants wherever they might be. In a way, uh, it's made the job somewhat easier by having virtual presence and getting to students in places where we normally would not have the physical presence, right, where we wouldn't be sending a recruiting team. But it's also made it challenging because you've got to constantly be adapting to all the different environments, making sure that your information is up-to-date and relevant as things are changing so quickly. But it's also changed once we bring new employees into the agency, how do we get them spun up in the mission and get them to be contributing quickly in a domain where you come to work on a Monday, but by the time you leave on Friday, things have already shifted in a different way. And that's not just true for NSA, but that's true for almost any business in America these these days. the environment, the tools, the techniques that we're using are so dynamic and they're evolving uh, in every way. So it's important to have a workforce where intellectually they're challenged, analytically they're, they have really sharpened the saw. And so we are very fortunate to have a national cryptologic school here at NSA where it helps teach and train tradecraft. And the national cryptologic school's programs can evolve very quickly. So as we look into the future for the new challenges that we're going to be facing, and everybody's going to be facing them, we can be very dynamic in the space of training our workforce and having a workforce that is also constantly evolving. 
but also the third piece of it is it's changing how we need to create partnerships. I mentioned earlier that in order to tackle some of those challenges that we're looking at just a few years out, all the stakeholders, government, academia, industry, are going to have to come together in a pretty tight space in order to protect and defend this great country of ours. So we are all looking at these challenges. And the fabulous thing is it used to be in days not too long ago, information was held very tightly, right? People saw research information breakthroughs as uh, in a very tight domain and things would get stovepiped, but that is not the case anymore. Information is being shared freely across all of stakeholders. We're sharing expertise within the intelligence community. We have a requirement for employees to do a joint duty assignment some other place in the intelligence community. So everyone has that broader base from which to operate and understand how the mission is working every day across these 17 intelligence agencies. So not only are the tools and the tradecraft evolving, the relationships are evolving in, in a very positive way in order to ensure the success of the mission going forward. And this leads me down the path of, okay, we've talked about how things have changed over the last couple decades. How about going forward? Where do you see this going? So, Kathy, you start us off. Actually, we are already doing that, and that's the fabulous thing. We are already in that great partnership space with UMBC and other amazing academic institutions across the country. We already have, as I mentioned earlier, CRADA agreements. Uh, we have education partnership agreements, EPA. We have... Uh, agreements in place where we're bringing professors into the National Security Agency. We're giving them clearance. We are working already proactively in that space, and we're looking forward, right? We're looking five, eight, ten years out. What are the challenges that we're going to face? And coming across with academia, we are advancing quickly. This has been an excellent conversation. I learned so much, and, and this partnership between NSA and, and UMBC is just tremendous, and, and congratulations on 20 years. Let me thank both my guests. Caroline Baker is the UMBC Assistant Vice President for Careers and Corporate Partnerships. Caroline, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you very much for having us. And Kathy Hudson is the NSA Security Strategist Academic Engagement. Kathy, thank you so much for taking the time today. Jason, thanks so much for having me. I'm Jason Miller, and thanks for listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.